0: Well, welcome to At uh, The Checkpoint we've, we've, had a, we've had a bit of a break we've, we, we settled into lockdown and we gave ourselves some, some time off I say we gave ourselves, I'm talking as if I'm a team of many I'm a team of one, that's my dog Izzy Who's currently molting in the kitchen this is the Marathon Disables special, um, where you'll get the proper lowdown, there might be kit reviews, there might be other stuff. But because it's quiet at the aid station, at the checkpoint, you know, we haven't seen anybody for over a year. And I've done the Marathon Disables, I thought, well, why don't, why don't I just talk to you about it? So, for anybody interested in the Marathon de Sables, for anybody who's thinking about doing it or signed up Paul's done the Fortune Ventura one and wants to do the Marathon de Sables, wants lockdowns out and so on, here we go. So, Marathon de Sables special. It's going to be an overview of what happened to me and the other competitors um, and plus, I was going to write a book, I just can't be asked. So I think it's easier if I just do a little podcast for you to, for you to listen to And uh, and as you mosey on your little runs and so on So, yeah, at Marathon Disables, if you haven't heard of it before it's It was um, titled as the toughest foot race on earth As a race director, I know you've got to have a A big strap line. Back in the day, I think it started in 86 by Patrick Buer. There wasn't many ultra running or endurance events about. It was one um, standout event. And he got the idea after walking across the desert, self-sufficient, and put the challenge out. And I think... For him to make a mark in the sand, I think he deserves a lot more recognition. You know, not make him a saint, but uh, maybe a statue somewhere for him. Because what he's done, the knock-on effect from the Marathon Disciples, for so many, has been something incredible. So, started back in the 80s, grown and grown and grown and what it is to today. So I planned on going in 2018, Um, so in 2016 I contacted Scope because my dad was the head of social services back in the day before he retired with high blood pressure and he used to work with a lot of disabled people and he used to take them on uh, trips over to France, um, where they used to smuggle back booze and fags. True story. Um, the use of a wheelchair and an old pe- pe- person's blanket back in the day. Uh, the 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 disabled pensioners of North Wales were, were breaking the law. Not like a, a drug cartel, but the the stories from that. Anyway. I wanted to do it for Scope because I think if you if you're doing it for it helps to help. Massive believer in that. It does help to help. So I did the marathon the sables in 2017 for um, Scope and part of the fundraising uh, came up with the idea. I got in contact with. There's a small island off the peninsula. I live on the same peninsula in Wales the United Kingdom, and right off our peninsula, you've got a small island, and essentially, Bardsley Island. Google it. And I asked if it'd be all right if I did the first ever marathon, an ultramarathon loop of the island. So myself, Jeremy Collins, and Gordon went across in 2016 and ran the first ever marathon. An ultra marathon looped on that uh, glorious day. I think it was Jeremy's fiftieth, but that was oh, it was something else. Really did enjoy that, and we now have an annual race. Um, once lockdowns, the uh, carbon footprint. We only take ten competitors across, and it really is uh, I'd say one of the most unique marathons in the world. So Google it, miss a lottery to get a place. You just got to send in a letter why he wants to do it. So there was other stuff. Um, I ran around the rugby club, um, first team pitch, um, each time Wales played in the Six Nations, a marathon distance, and I did some other fundraising for the event. So, uh, what I'd say is first top tip if you are going to do the Marathon the Sables, Stick to just a couple of Facebook groups. The information download that as soon as you sign up, just it just is like a tidal wave of information because there's so much riding on it. You know, it's a big commitment. You're going to the Sahara Desert. Um, you, you know, unless you're an adventurer, this is something you haven't done before and it's going to lead to so many other journeys. But I'd say, you know, there's one with Steve Dietrich from Run Ultra and Ian Corliss on Facebook preparing for the Marathon Sables. Join that. Everything else, I'd leave, you know, and I'd ask direct questions to people who have ran the Marathon Sables previously. That's where you'll get your advice. So, yeah. So, anyway, I haven't even signed up, so... Story of the signing up when my wife was away auditing in Belgium for a credit management company. So I phoned up Scope. I said, I'd like to put my name down for 2018. And they phoned me back and said somebody had pulled out injured of 2017. Now, this is July 2016. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. So Caris came back. She goes, "Okay, I said, yeah, fine. Um, yeah, um am going to the Sahara Desert in April next year." And then I left the house and took the dog for a walk, and came back, and there was a bit of silence uh, because I didn't realize how much commitment I'd have to do. Um, but you know, I from the off. I had no tension, no intention of failing or having to return to the desert. I wanted to go there and your, your laser focus happens. So there we go. I'll talk about the training in another episode, blah, 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 blah. So you arrive in Ozawat, which is the, the main airport for, well, as close as you can get to the Sahara. There's a lovely bus journey. Um, Of about seven hours, I think, uh, we stopped halfway I didn't want to eat anything that I hadn't brought with myself I was very um, worried that I might get the shits <laughs> Or just food poisoning or whatever, you know So I packed extra food for the travelling So whenever everybody was eating, you know, I went into the tent You know, the night um the night you arrive, you know, the welcome food and stuff, but I didn't have any. Just just didn't want to risk it. Uh there's a few people, you know, you always get a few people that had bad dicky stomachs. And you know, it's a long way to go, so I didn't risk it. So anyway. Day one, our tent was I'd got in touch with Steve Dietrich. Before the race and said, do you mind sending my email out to all the other Welsh-born competitors? And we managed to put a team of of Welsh runners together. I've got to remember everybody's name now, haven't I? So it was already my friend Jeremy Collins, who's from, well, just outside, he's from Llan Bedrog. Um, I got to know him, and he's now one of my best mates, Um, training for the Marathon to Sabbles. We set up a Facebook group. So there was Paul Edwards from Wrexham. Just runs and runs and runs, that guy. He's phenomenal. Uh you had Calvin Um who was a chef. Still is a chef. Another good great runner. And then you had <laughs> I'm gonna have to check people's names. That's how bad it is. In the tent, I was so excited. Um, Everybody was called Dave by the second day because I was too excited to remember everybody's name. So Adam, um, down the coast of North Wales, a phenomenal guy. The only guy I know that takes 200 Bensons on a running holiday and a proper hairbrush. Uh, and he was doing hit class before each day's event. Just an incredible human being. Um, and then you had Jack, um, who is from South Wales, works on an oil rig. And then there was Els from Australia, Welsh-born. So we'd we'd had a little Facebook group put together... And we met in the airport, and we flew off and um you know the night before you go and you know you you're in the Bouvac. so you've got got all the tents around, and it's just you and your bag the mouth and disables it's self sufficient what you don't take with you well, you can't buy or use it, it's not there. Now, I guesstimated the weight of my bag. Day one, before the race, you all go and get your bag weighed. Um, you're given your trackers. And you can give your suitcases back um, to go back to the um, hospital, or wanted to say the hotel. Um, so, yeah, I guesstimated the weight of my bag of about 8 kilograms. And when they weighed it, you know, you get these sort of, (laughs) you get these sort of gazebos. They had like a weighing hook on that. And the gazebo, it sort of bent down and the bag went all the way to the ground. And my bag weighed 14 kilograms. And that's whenever a deep fear, you know. Not a bit of oh shit! It was, oh my god! I need everything that I've packed in 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 this bag. What am I gonna do when I, I walked back to the tent, shitting myself? So, um, first of all, I removed all my swaps. <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've, you know. I I thought you know. I'll take some swaps with me. So I packed, you know, a good two kilograms of T-shirts, hoodies to swap with other competitors from over the world or to give to, the, you know, the Berbers, that take down the tent, move the camp. So I took swaps with me. So um gave them away um, straight away. Uh, what else did I get rid of? I had inflate, an inflatable sheep, and an inflatable uh, dragon, and an inflatable uh, daffodil uh, to show that we were away at Welsh. Obviously, didn't throw those away. Um, yeah, spare pair of trainers threw them. Didn't need them, um, and yeah. So everything became a lot more lighter, and as the you know the the week goes on, it becomes your bag becomes lighter and lighter because you're eating your food. But the first night, it is sort of cutting the umbilical cord because once everything goes, that's it. The setup is phenomenal. You know, um, Patrick Boer, you've got Morocco, which was is, well, Sahara, I'm going to probably get this computer on, is an hour behind... And then there's marathon the Sables time, which is another hour behind. Yeah, he gives he has got his own clock, so you go back another hour. So you know, start day one of the You know, kids gone. You 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 get up. You know, we were up. We're up something like half four, so you're taping your feet. You know, you're putting your talc on. You're making sure that the gaiters are closed, that you're not going to get any sand on. You're putting the bag on. You're thinking, shit, somebody's somebody's put some gold bars or something in there. Um What I used, because they say, you know, cut your bag um, straps that you're not using off, so I did that. But I used some foam. You know, whenever you go swimming, um I've, you go into local indoor swimming baths and you've got those like like long foam things. I had got two of those and I put those underneath my shoulders and because they were cut in half, and because y- your skin gets so dry, this was, this was a godsend. Um. So, yeah, I use that and I'd recommend that because you can have a great bag, whatever, but I definitely recommend for your shoulders because you do get dry. You can always throw them, uh, bin them and stuff. So, yeah, day one. So, you go, whenever you go and weigh everything the day before, you're given a hundred salt tablets. Now, I'd experimented with salt tablets before I went out because if I had dicky stomach with them and, I'd, you know, I'd have to, change or take my own and you get this little tablet and what it does is it helps absorb the water because of the you know it's hot you know i had contact lenses sliding out my eyes it was so hot so i had this bag uh with me so we all get called in to do you know you see the the flyover shot of all the competitors at 32 um Numeric pattern So we went in Got that done And then And that's it Then before you know it The countdown's happening ACDC's pulling full blast And I, I turned to One of our uh, Teammates Paul Number two uh, And I said How many uh, Salt tablets have you taken and he goes Well I've taken two And I've had a big three of water I said Well I haven't I've only had one. All right, okay, and at the same time, the countdown was going, and three, two, one, race starts. I pull my bag out of my front pouch with all my salt tablets, and obviously, I drop them all over the floor. They go everywhere, and I am like, "Oh shit, (laughs) shit, I am gonna die." The race has just started. I am gonna die. Um, So, you know, people were running past me, over me, around me You know, I was scraping up the the salt tablets Putting loads in my mouth Because, I, I, I don't know, I'd gone mad You know, there was camel shit, whatever So I managed to get them I thought, right, I'll be able to get some more at the first aid station Pace-wise, it was a very slow jog um, you know, there's hard sand, the soft sand, but day one, you know, the experienced MDS is saying, just finish, compete, sorry, complete rather than compete, get used to it and so on. And that was it. You know you know, I could have run it all, but I don't know, you just I you don't want to risk anything. So I, you know, run walk, run, walk, whatever. And Coming up to the third, and we're told um, by the experienced marathon Sables, guys. Look, you know, get get the stuff ready. Whenever you see a checkpoint, you know, get your bottles out ready. Um, you know, pour the water over your hair um, and stuff because you'll be able to get new water whenever you're you arrive at the aid stations. So I see like what I think is an aid station in the distance. Pour all this water all over my head. Uh, people were looking at me as if I was mad. Um, uh, chugging the water down. A few more salt tablets. And I got to an aid. Because I hadn't seen them before. You know. It, uh, and it was the photographer's car. <laughs> I, I, I was like, well where's the aid station? He goes on, oh, it's another three kilometres down there. So um, I bummed a bottle of water off him. I didn't bum him for it, but I was like, any chance I could have some water, I've made a bit of an error. So, yeah, then we got to the first aid station. Another top tip for you, when you get to the aid stations, a lot of competitors don't use all their water. So, I became a a tramp. Um, I go in the bins, so you've got the water bins, where all the... And there's just, you know, obviously, if the water... Bottles are half full and stuff. Just throw it over yourself, you know. Keep yourself cool. But if the what do we call it? The the clip hadn't clicked out, sort of thing. You know, if 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 it's untouched water, I'd take it with me. You know, I I made sure that I was cool all the way through. So yeah, day one, um, got back. I think it was Adam first. Jack, then Jared, then me, then... No, sorry, Adam, Paul, number one, um, who had to leave day two, uh, and then me, and then Calvin, Paul and Els. So we all made it back day one. Done, good. Um, First thing Adam does is has, has a cigarette oh my god, this is incredible. Um and yeah, so that's the end of day one. Marathon DeSable special. Day two coming up in the next episode. This podcast was sponsored by Beautifully Brutal. Who are they? Well, it's the the fabulous, beautifully beautifully brutal um they do races, I'm the race director for them. Here in North Wales. And we've also got beautiful, brutal virtual races. Check us out on the website and stuff. Hope you enjoyed this one. That's Marathon to something. Sub- I think I'll probably get a guest on for the next one. Because um, I was boring myself at one point. But there we go. Day one. Have it. See ya.